every freaking second of the day, I'm going to do it. Everybody wants to be mother freaking wealthy. Are you willing to adapt? Are you willing to change? How uncomfortable are you willing to get? How willing are you going to be to allow me to help you? This is a marathon, not a sprint. You give up your right to be average and ordinary. You gotta show up earlier, you gotta be here later, you gotta hit harder, be more productive, be more focused. If you don't see it that way, you will fail at it. You guys have been the pillar and the backbone of Planet First Life now for quite some time. Keep growing. Good morning, everyone. Andrew Taylor here. Today we have Sean Mike with us. So an agent recently said, I'll tell you, Zach Egan. Okay. Oh, boy. He, he said he got to spend uh, a whole flight with you. Long flight, cross country. Just you and him. Correct. And he was going, I was watching the way he was talking to people throughout this trip and learning so much from them. And he said, I bet you somebody would pay $100,000 to take that flight with Sean. I don't know about that, but I'm totally in. <laughs> I'm just playing with you. The reason I'm saying I worth that grand. Is, is you've done you've done some amazing things in the industry that I think a lot of people they don't realize that how much this stuff can help them. So thank you for everything you do. You got it, man. Um, first question is Jordan Lowry, and it is at what point should an agent who wants to be an agency hire full time employees, and what is good starting pay expectations? Well, I, I've always been a big fan of paying people more than they can get somewhere else and then expecting more out of them. That, that goes both ways, right? You know, so, you know, for instance, when people were paying, you know, 12 bucks an hour to start people, you're talking about eight plus years ago, we were like, let's pay you 15 and how, how can we get you to 20 right away kind of deal. Um, Jordan, I'm a big fan of every time I, ca- I created an expense for myself, I created a, a better work ethic. So every time I created an expense that I knew made sense for my business, it made me work more. And I was already willing to work really hard, but it was like, all right, so, and and again, everything for me, when I broke down the business, I broke it down to policies and it made sense to me. Like if your salary was this and you were my recruiter or or an admin, and that was only going to be like another policy or two a week, that's really when I started going to writing, helping 30, 40 families a week. I was helping like 10 or 15 and then I'm like, I have these added business expenses, and it's only like another day or two in the field. Why don't I just help 30 families a week? Mm-hmm. And then when I started helping 30 families a week, I was like, I don't have to think that much about the money that I'm paying. And it kind of removes some of that pressure on me. Because what's really hard when you're uh, an employer and you're not making money, it's really not fair to the employees because you're. It, it's hard not to be emotional. You know, like you, you bit off more than you can chew maybe, but in our business – you can just go write business. So that, that was always the thing for me. I never understood when people are like, well, you know, I'm having a tough week. I'm like, dude, all you have to do is go help more families. Like that's the only thing you have to do. And it's not complicated. So, um, you know, Jordan, it depends on the person. Uh, I think if you made a commitment that you're actually going to build a business, I hired my first staff like four weeks into the, into this industry. And I was only part-time. I was working full-time. I had two jobs, actually. I worked full-time at the state. I was selling real estate. And then I did this. And then obviously this became my primary deal. But I hired somebody within a month. It was because I knew I couldn't keep up with the stuff. I wasn't going to be able to keep up with phone calls to the agents or to the, to the clients and the agents. We did paper apps then. So like a lot of the stuff, we had to have admin help. 
you guys have the benefit now, or we have the benefit now of because everything's electronic, a lot of the administrative stuff has gone away. So now it's like hire somebody to do your recruiting, your social media, pay them more than they would get. If they'll get 20 bucks an hour for that same job, give them 25. I don't know. I mean, look what we did with the compensation. You know, it was like, man, everybody joined you guys because of this and that. I'm like, they, didn't, they joined us because we paid real high comp at the beginning. Nobody had any idea what it was going to be or it wasn't going to be. We're just a bunch of guys that want, and girls that want to go sell a bunch of life insurance. And, but we had a very high compensation offer, you know. So I, I don't know. I think you get good people. And the reality, too, is, Andrew, if you're really good, I, I hire you and I pay you $25 an hour. And you go, well, you could have paid him 17 Yeah, but he might do the work of two people. If it doesn't work with two people, then like ten. But yeah, I mean, my life's really good. Like so Factory Fresh probably does the work of like seven or eight people. Well, you can't use him as an example, dude, because he's like, I mean, he's and I, what I mean by that, I'm, I'm, I'm being fun. I'm not trying to be funny. He's that hard a worker, um, and he eats, breathes, and sleeps what he wants to see for the company and where he's going and what he's doing for himself and his financial future. But had you not paid him well, he wouldn't have been here. You know, sure. even if he has kept that, man, I want to speak for him. He's, he's here, but I think he keeps that old job as much as he might've loved. He might've enjoyed working here a lot more, but dude, if it was a difference of 10, 15, 20 grand a year, factory had been hard to make a move, huh? Yeah. yeah. Now mean, he, um, or let me ask you this. Cause you have this ability to get people to, and you, you said you pay everybody more and expect more. Yeah, but you you expect a lot more, and mm-hmm. you pay a lot more. Correct. But I would say that if someone's working with you, you're getting five times the effort, or even more. Yeah, well, for, it starts with me. First of all, I want to put forth more effort than they've seen anybody put forth. See, you can't ask. What I always knew was like I'm going to work so hard that it's going to make it really difficult for people around me to to not at least give me a chance to try to challenge them to work harder, right? Because you can control your work ethic. So I always wanted to, to work so hard that it really allowed them to go, wait a minute, I have thought I was working hard. I've not been working hard. I need to start working hard. And, and that's where it starts. I think a lot of times people, they want people to work harder than they are, except their work ethic's real low. So, and I think just from a psychology standpoint, Andrew, if you employ me and you pay me good, you know, I'll work, dude. But I mean, if I eventually feel like I'm working, like I'm working like crazy, I'm working my ass off, and you're not working, or you're barely working, I don't know, man. Then all of a sudden, the money starts to. I want the money because I need the money, but I might become almost passive aggressive where I start doing just the minimal because you're never here. And then when you're excited or you want something done, you know, you're, you're going to, you know, you want to be the, you know, you want to give me direction, but you don't put enough work in to earn it. Yeah. I always wanted to earn the right to provide constructive criticism. And you have to earn that right. And that takes time and it takes um, action and it takes people watching what you're doing on a regular basis. So they can go, I like what that guy's doing or what that girl's doing. I could follow him or her. That's a work ethic. People always say, you know, they follow this and they follow that. I'm like, dude, they'll follow your work ethic and your attitude. They just will, you know. So, so for me, because if you weren't working as hard as you so are, so you got the combo in. of paying them good and doing leading by example. Plus, from day one, we said, okay, here's what the company's doing for volume. I mean, we hadn't even started, and as we grow to these levels, we're going to pay you. We were all in it together, every one of us. Now, everybody didn't get paid exactly the same, but every one of us, as the company's volume grew, made more money. Everybody. 
And I think a lot of companies, where they run it is they go like, okay, this department over here is going to get bonused, or this department over here will get a wage increase. It's like, dude, it doesn't work. It's a cumulative effort because if not, you'll have a silo effect and people will pull against each other. Now, what I don't if, want anybody what pulling if against someone's not pulling their weight? It's fire them. And I, I'm not a, and, and again, that's the thing for me, man, from an employee standpoint, I'm up front. Like, if you're not pulling your weight five days into it, I, I don't go, hey, do you think it's pulling his weight? I go, hey, Andrew, come here for a minute, man, if you don't mind me asking. How do you think it's going, bud? How do you think the first five days is going? And you'll go, well, it's going okay. I go, no, but on a scale, one's not good, ten's great. How do you think you're doing in your job currently? Well, I don't know. Probably could be better. Okay, why do you think it's not better? And I'll let you tell me the reasons why. And a lot of times, if you're not a hard worker, you're not accountable. So you'll blame the other thing. I don't know what to do. I don't know. And I'll go, that's funny, Andrew, because I didn't know what to do either. Nor did any of those other people. They went and figured it out. Why aren't you? We talked about being a self-starter, but I'm not mad at you. But this is probably not going to work. You're welcome to come back Monday. But I'm letting you know that, like, officially I'm telling you today, here are all things you didn't do. I'm going to put it in writing. It's not going good. I'd like it to get better, but it's also okay if it's not a good fit. There's nothing wrong with the job not being a good fit. Yeah, I heard um, someone say, like, if you keep someone that it's not a good fit, you're hurting them. Dude, I've always said that. Why would you hurt people? You have a job you're not good at. You keep the person when they're not good at it. Because they could go find what they are good at. Dude, they're going to feel like crap about themselves all day long. You imagine going to a job, you're not effective, they keep you. They know everybody knows they're not effective. They don't fit in because other people around them are effective. Or you have a bad culture where you have seven employees and five of them are not effective, which, you know, that, that's a problem. Maybe you don't know how to lead them or challenge them or train them. But I, I really think at the end of the day, Andrew, our business is not overly complicated. And I think that it's, it's one of those things where it's just that attitude and the hard work. So, we've yeah, we've gone through a lot of people staff-wise over eight-plus years. But we've made those decisions relatively quickly. You know, and I think now, you know, even with Mike in Connecticut, he don't, I mean, he knows. So he used to call me and I'm like, dude, why are you calling me? Is the person effective? No. Okay. Have you given them a chance? Yes. What steps have you taken to allow them to get better? A, B, and C. All right, dude, what are we having a conversation for? Fire him. Like, what are we, I, I mean, I appreciate you letting me know, but just go do what you got to do. You've been around long enough in empowering people to make their own decisions. I mean, that's the thing. As this gets bigger, you know, Factor Fresh is going to need people to work with him. And that's going to be his job. Because if they're not pulling their weight and he's dragging them with him, it's going to slow him down. And the first couple of times, you'll have to work it out with him because that's, it's, if you've never fired people, never been an employer people, it's, it's hard. Yeah. You know, and, and I think for me, I had a very good experience when I worked at the state of Connecticut because we had 10 months, people were in a working test period and the clock was ticking. So if you kept them more than 10 months in a day, with the union, it was very difficult to, to, to let them go. And we weren't, this wasn't a game to me. It was child, it was child protective safety. Like, I don't want the kids to get hurt, abused, neglected. So if you weren't good, you could hurt somebody. So that was my mindset. So I had zero problem. I'd be like, okay, I got the, and a lot of times I tell my boss, I'm like, why don't we just fire him today? He's like, they've been here two days. I'm like, oh, but they're not going to be able to make it. And he's like, well, do everything you can. Let's work it. Let's document it. Bob, they're just getting started. And, but for me, Life insurance is like, dude, we can hurt people. So if you're not going to do it the right way, you're not going to be straight up with your clients, you're not going to work hard, you're not going to put them first, you're not going to change. I don't want to keep you around. I, I, we, I don't want to hurt anybody. Yeah, that's huge. Um, next question is from at Neo Batman. When I, when I started, I jumped in full force. How do I get new agents to do the same? I always, first of all, let me give you my definition of full force. A lot of people have their own definition. And maybe, maybe Batman, Neo Batman, maybe Batman's definition is the same as mine. Maybe not. I, I don't know. 
I would say no. Okay, full four. I, I would say no, no matter who it is. Only because my <laughs> was my idea of full force. So I'll tell you my idea. I'm just being honest with you. When I left my job, I committed to working seven days a week, fifteen hours a day. So I would work. Dial days are different now. Please go with what works for you. But I used to dial Friday night for like three hours, and I'd run all day Saturday, twelve hours, eight to eight, eight a.m. to eight p.m. Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. And I would do dialing Sunday night for whatever I need to pick up on Monday. So I would I would do that. And Tuesday and Wednesday, I would recruit all day every I day. I remember this schedule. All day we every day. We would do three meetings in different locations every week. 100%. My recruiting was, I'll be here, I'll travel here, I'll drive five hours, five hours to a meeting. I didn't have a day off for, I don't know, a couple of years. And, and if I had something to do, like if my son had a game, then I would change my schedule. I'd go to the game. And I'd be back at work. Like, that's just what I did. I, I, I was trying to change the trajectory financially for where I was going. For me, my, you know, for my family, my kids, my future. And um, so the first thing I would say to you is if you say I jumped in full force and that was working 40 hours a week, you didn't jump in full force. So I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm just like, let's make sure we have the same definitions, okay? I can tell you that what I was saying earlier is how you get them to do that or, or how you not even get how you help show people how to do it. I don't need to get people to do anything. And I think a part of that is when you're so busy that they know because here's how you how you create a here's how you enable agents. You're not busy enough. So when they call you, answer because you're not busy. And you'll continue to answer the same questions over and over again because you're not busy. So you want to do something. You want to feel like you're doing it. So the phone rings. You have to answer it because you're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. When you're running that many appointments a week, if you're, I'm not mad at you, Andrew, but I'm in appointments all the time. So I really am that busy. And then it makes you become more independent because I'm that busy. You know, it's, it's that, that double-edged sword. It's like you have, you have Atlas and, and AC. Like you, 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 know, you want to do everything for them, but if you do everything for them, they want to do it for themselves. It's that you have to figure that part out, and you're in a place where you can do a lot for them. So it, you have you. I, my mom couldn't do that. She wasn't stuck with that that crossroads. Her deal was just like I'm working three jobs. These two got to figure their stuff out, which was great. I she think did good. Yeah, I, I think it's and there's somewhere in the middle there, right? But yeah. but at the end of the day, I think if you're just full force, if you demonstrate it, and by the way, you can't make anybody do anything. So what you want to do is just continue to work as hard as you can every week, and whatever is going to happen is going to happen. And don't get fixated on what one individual or a group of individual or a group of agents is not doing. You can't make anybody do anything. But I'm going to tell you something. You work crazy hard. I mean, it's like it's like we'll travel, right? And I was like, I don't care about this, but I'm like, and we'll go to the gym. And everybody we travel with goes to the gym at 5 a.m. And like, I sure as hell know they don't go to the gym when they're home. And I don't ask them to go to the gym. I don't care if they go to the gym or not. I'm like, I'm going to the gym. It doesn't matter to me if you go to the gym. I peer don't pressure. Peer pressure. And then everybody's there. And you're like, dude, what's everybody doing? It's a small hotel gym and there's only, you know, there's not enough equipment for the for seven of us. Like, but I'm like, dude, if you went to the gym all the time, you would you'd be in better shape. You feel better by yourself. I but it's because everybody else around is two or three people are going, let's go do it. So if you're always doing more, if you're getting up earlier, if you're reaching out, and and it's a big game of chess, right? I did like messaging people at five o'clock in the morning. I did like doing that. Like, hey, group messages. I, I like that. I like just to see where people are at. When they, I liked calling them at 5 o'clock in the morning, you know, seeing if it rang through, if the phone was off. I, I just wanted to know. I, I, I think for me, I was so overly committed that even if you did ha- put forth the half, half the effort I did, then you were going to probably do pretty well. Yeah. Going back to your you working seven days a week and your kids – we're watching you do that. 100%. Has that has that 
impacted them as they're becoming adults? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think, I think, and again, you, you get, kids are different, right? You have two of them, four of them, five of them, they're all going to be different. Um, the one thing I will say, while they're like other human beings, they have all kinds of stuff that we can all improve on. When they decide to work, they work hard. Like, my son's crazy committed in a different level athletically than most people are. And I think that's the work. You know, bitch, mom complain about getting up. The work. He doesn't, he, he, he'll do it seven days a week, whatever they tell him to do. He's committed. He's, it doesn't matter if it takes all day long. He's laser focused on that. And I'm a daughter the same way when it comes to work ethic. I mean, when it comes to school, you know, and I'm like, you must work real hard because it doesn't come <clears throat> overly easy to her. It's not like she just walks into class and, oh my God, this is easy to me. But, you know, for where she goes to school, it's one of the best schools in the country to have a 3-8 is like, you work really hard when you are working at it, you know? Um, and I think also it allows them, th- it shows them the sacrifice that had to be made, right? I learned early on with that stuff that I wasn't asking permission. Like, dude, you're, you are kids, you're my kids, like, I got to take care, you know, it, you know, they, yeah. you got to go to work. Yeah, it's funny how y'all need stuff. Like, yes, that's the way it works. And after a while, it just becomes that they're conditioned to realize you got to put in hard work. So I think I'm blessed in the fact that I didn't have any money. And, you know, we've been able to do, do okay, which has been great. But it, 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 they had to, see, it, it had to see me work so hard. So it's harder for them to take it for granted. It's not like it's... Three, like I woke up one day, it was like, good, my mom and dad are rich because they weren't, my grandparents, I mean, nobody had any money. So for me, it was just, I, I liked that. I knew what I was showing them too. Like I knew, um, I mean, dude, I would take my kids to appointments, real estate, insurance, like, I, you know, depending on the age or what the deal was, how young they were, if I needed to go. I just, office, I mean, they're, dude, they, they lived in those offices, you know? So does working this hard, is that the most enjoyable part of this whole thing? The most enjoyable part of this whole thing is watching um, people achieve things that when you met them, they never thought they could achieve. That's the most enjoyable part. So the most enjoyable part is thinking, wow, all I did was work hard and, ha- work hard and have a good attitude. If I hadn't done that, your family wouldn't be doing what it's doing now. It ain't because of me. You did it. But had we not had this but opportunity, if you didn't do it first. Well, had we not had this opportunity, we, we would we wouldn't be doing it. If you didn't do it first, then no one would be doing it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I guess we don't know, right? But but we know that it worked and it's working. But had we not, that's the most enjoyable part for me is when you're really, you know, I was at a meeting the other day and in this fundraiser and this guy and. I was just trying to be nice to him, you know, because he's like, oh, we're in line, but it must not be an order of importance because I'm at the beginning. So I was trying to be nice. And I was like, well, humility is better than, you know, self-important. And he's like, well, I'm not humble either. And I'm thinking, that's exactly why you're not where you want to be. He said he's not humble either. He, he was just uncomfortable. He's trying to show off. And he just knew he was. And, you know, it's just this, you know, and it was just like, it's sad. It's just, and and it's like, he was just talking about how his business wasn't big. He's not in our business. And how he didn't know, like, he should have been in the back of the line. And then I'm like, well, you know, and I threw, threw him a bone with the humble. And I, which, and he's like, well, I'm not either. I'm thinking, that's exactly why your business is small. That's why you are at the back of the line, because you think it's all about you. And I think, for me, that's been the, the most rewarding thing, too, is, is watching people change, then giving them credit for changing, and then giving them recognition for things they've done with their family, in the industry. That's always my, what I like to do. And I think that that's what the hard work is very gratifying I mean, we used to, and Sizer will tell you, we had our first little office in Gales Ferry, Connecticut. Dude, I'd sleep on that floor all the time. 
I mean, you get to be like two o'clock in the morning. You got to be back there at five. And I sure as hell wasn't working out because you saw what it looked like. So there was no chance I was hitting the gym. And I probably ate a large pizza at midnight and probably woke up and had four you know, Danishes and donuts. Like, I wasn't afraid to eat at all, bro. So I wasn't. What's that? Honey bun. Oh, dude, I was a honey bun machine, bro. I used to get. Like the little 99 cent dude, boxes, those ones? Yeah, but they got to be the right one. It's, some of them are fake honey buns. You know what I mean? I can see the one now that I like. But I would what get. What about Cinnabon? Yeah, dude. I mean. You know, Dominique Rogers and I used to go through the airport, but I get winded like walking gate to gate because I'd eat two Cinnabons in the way. Like, I didn't care. I'd be like, yo, Cinnabon. And Dominique can't gain weight, so we could eat eight of them a day. And I'd be eating two and like breathing. We'd walk from C4 to C8, and I'd be like winded, you know? So, but I was working hard, dude, and, and I was happy. You know, I was happy that we were making a difference. That's cool, man. All right, next question um, how, to, how to set proper expectations for agents? Um, you know, again, I think first of all, getting to know him. I think that when you take to talk about Zach and I on the plane, the greatest gift I got that day was really getting to know who he was. You know, I, um, I think until you get to know where, who somebody really is and what shaped them, you know, um, we all have traumas in life. It's just some are much larger than others. We have some, but we uh, said this before, if, if you have a trauma, it's still the biggest trauma you've ever 100%. had. So and, it, and dude, it still affects what goes on in your life. Yeah. However many years later. Um, so I think proper expectations, first of all, you get to know somebody and figure out what they want, right? And then find out what their strengths and weaknesses are and find out if there's anything holding them back. You know, is there, is there anybody holding them back? You know, what's the dynamic with the people in their life? Like, what are they really trying to accomplish? It's very frustrating when somebody, there's two people frustrated with each other. And then I'll go like, why is he so frustrated? Like, he wants me to do A, B, and C. I'm like, why don't you? Because of A, B, and C. And I'm like, did you tell him that? Like, I think we have a lot of people that are so busy wanting it more for other people. Like, I, Andrew, when we first started working together, um, because you're hard, you're hard, you were much harder to get to know then, I didn't know what you wanted or didn't want, but I didn't beat you over the head about what I wanted for you. Mm-mm. And I was just like, I don't know what he wants. So if I don't know what he wants, why am I setting all these expectations for him? I'm just going to watch what they do. And then if he, as he's doing this, if he decides hey, man, I'm not having the result I want. Can I ask you a question? That's what these Hall of Fame meetings are for. That's what they're all about is is really, you know, can we, are we able to put people, is that camera good, Factory? Are we able to put people in a position, Andrew, where you know what it tells us? It tells us who really want, which I like, but that's the, my favorite thing about the Hall of Fame meetings because none of our meetings are required, obviously. But this is like, hey, this is for people that aren't having, they aren't helping 20, 30, 40 families a month. Would you like to learn how? And nobody makes them go, mm-hmm. which is cool. So I really like that part. Cause it's like, okay, there's my 200. You know what I mean? Like you're like, you know, like it's, it's, you get to look around and see, okay, who's my guy? And on the flip side, you can see the people that aren't doing it. They get the email, they get invited, their peers say they're going and they're not going to go. Mm-hmm. They're just not. And it's not because they're, they're, but they're just not in a place where they're, they're ready to do that yet. Yeah. So, so I think proper expectations come from proper information and proper historical, you know, um, reference. So you can know where somebody's at, where they're going, what they want to accomplish. And then you should ask a lot more questions. A lot of people just tell people what to do. I'm like, so let me ask something, dude. What do you really, and then you're looking to accomplish this. Okay. Why are you looking to accomplish that? When you say that many families a week, what is that based on? And what, would you have an interest in doing this over here? Yes, I would. No, I wouldn't. Okay, if you have interest, why aren't you doing it? Okay, got it. Let me give me your dynamic. Like, who are you? Who's pulling for you? Who's pulling against you? Just walk me through all that kind of stuff. Give me your. Give me a snapshot of your family. What's going on there? 
So I think when you do that, that's when you're able to set proper expectations. But you better find out if the person wants you to set proper expectations. When you do enough and work your butt off and show them how hard you work, and then they come to you and want the expectations, that's when everything changes. Yeah, 100%. Awesome, man. Thank you for coming in. Thank Thank you guys for joining us. We will be back next Saturday, 8 a.m. Pacific, at Sean Mike Instagram. Thanks, guys. Thanks.